2: This is Apologetics Live. To answer your questions, your host from Striving for Eternity Ministries, Andrew Rappaport.
3: We are live, Apologetics Live, coming to you every Thursday night to answer your questions. Any challenges you have about God and the Bible, we can answer them. You doubt that? Well, come on in and join us and see if we can. ApologeticsLive.com. That's how you join in the discussion. You can watch on YouTube or Facebook. If you do follow on Facebook, there is a note on Apologetics Live of how we can get your name to show up so we can put comments up like this from KT. Um, and then we usually try to, to deal with those. Um, maybe, maybe we should just... Hey, hold on one second. Let's do this. Let's just add, uh, since we're doing announcements, Anthony... Uh, why don't we just add Brandon Scalf right into Apologetics Live so he could tell us what's happening at the Cruciform Conference. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, how are you, Brandon? I
4: did not know you were doing Apologetics Live right now.
3: This is what happens when you call on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. You end up, you end up joining Apologetics Live. Thank you very much. So how you, did he not know? <laughs> I, I don't know how he didn't know. Uh, so so, yeah. why did not right, you, we were going to give uh, some updates on things. You want to give us an update on Cruciform Conference?
4: Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the biggest update is that it is still happening in Indianapolis. Uh, we were going to do it in Frankfurt last minute, but we decided not to do that. So the address will be posted here very shortly. Uh, and then we have, of course, some cool things happening. First and foremost, Andrew Rappaport will be there.
3: So do you have any good speakers?
4: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Justin Peters will be there. Uh, Anthony, of course, and many others. You can go check that out at uh, cruciformconference.com. One of the cool things that we're doing this year, last year, if anybody is watching that was there, we did a showing of uh, Media Gratier's newest uh, documentary uh, on the church. And this year we're doing a similar thing uh, with a docu-series. Uh, that is not out yet. Gonna, it's going to be called Teach the Nations. And I also think that uh, a majority of the guys that will be there teaching will be doing some interviews with him, signing you all up uh to talk about how we are to fulfill that part of the great commission um we've got shirts coming all kinds of stuff i don't really know what to say because i didn't know i was going to be on the spot here Uh.
3: (laughs) well that's what happens when you decide to call me at eight o'clock right (laughs)
4: yeah my bad i was leaving the church early because we do bible study hey
3: hey i got one question for you yeah We, we you know we recorded the other night on Theology Throwdown. Did you see the T-shirt that I wore just for you?
4: I did hear that you wore the, Obey, yeah. uh, war, rather, the uh, Obey God, Defy Tyrants T-shirt.
3: There you so. go. Just for you, I did that. And, folks, you, you should and go out to Cruciform to get your Obey God, Deny Tyrants T-shirt. <laughs> can you ask, yeah. Can yeah.
5: Can you ask Brandon a, if uh,
3: I want to buy one, but they shirt shirt haven't been in stock?
5: Be they haven't well, been in stock so yet.
3: Okay. Grab that so, so we're getting a question from Anthony Silvestro. He, want, he wants to buy one, but they're not ever in stock can you, oh, yeah, can you figure out how to keep them in stock at least, or at least uh, get well, him one?
4: <laughs> yeah, we have a whole another shipment uh, that should have been here already, honestly. Uh, but the person who was printing them uh, just hit me up today and said they will be here likely on Wednesday or Thursday of next week. And the reason that they're behind is because something happened with the ink and it messed all the shirts up, so they had to redo everything.
3: So oh, Anthony will take why. those. You can give those to Anthony at double so, the price.
4: Yeah. <laughs> double the
3: price. <laughs> Now so those those searches. Oh,
4: What's well, something important is uh, that it doesn't get talked about a lot. I got to do a uh, you know a big kind of um, I guess um, uh, assault on the internet of it. But we also have a pre conference uh, with you, Anthony, and uh, another friend, Joel Settakase, on still defending on apologetics, pre-suppos- presuppositional apologetics. To be more specific, and it's going to be awesome. So
3: yes, and that's what I was calling you about. Last week to find out what my topic's going to be, but you, I'm going to hang up on you. To you can watch the rest of the show live or just join us. But uh, yeah. so, folks, well, I'm driving currently. So yeah, I, could, I heard. I heard that. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye, brother. You. All right. So, uh, Christform Conference is going to be good. It was a good conference last year, and as you heard, uh, Anthony and I will be speaking, and none other than the one, the only. Mr. Justin Peters will be there. Justin, how are you? Hey, brothers. Doing well. How are y'all? Hey,
5: brother. Good. How are you doing? Did that check ever make it to you, Justin? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, you're I, I wait, you're saying that, the so. check was good. in the mail? Good.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I
6: should have let you know,
5: yes.
3: That's okay. <laughs> okay. So, since we're, before we get started on the issue of preparing for persecution, um, you know, we, we're doing some announcements, getting getting people to know some events that we're at. And uh, I think actually there's another event that all three of us are at. And so why don't we bring in Pastor Casey Butner? How you doing, Pastor Casey? Hey, guys. Hey, Casey. How about you tell us about Snatch Them from the Flames in Florida?
0: Man, I am excited to have you guys come to the warm state of Florida, and uh, we are passing these cards out like you wouldn't believe, so we've oh. gotten tons of these going out, and uh, man, I met with four pastors yesterday, they're reserving tables and bringing friends, and uh, we've got a banner up at the front of our church, we've got this on the front of our website, people are calling them reserving tables, so I've uh, invited everybody and we're going to have a good time. We're going to feed everybody lunch as long as they uh, reserve a spot. So that's you guys, too. We're going to feed you guys as well. We're going to have a great time and listen to some teaching, some much-needed teaching. We're addressing the problems of the day, which has turned out to be pretty good. We're becoming known for this as not being ones to shrink back from the truth but to preach exegetically from the scriptures as to what the Bible has to say about the problems of our day.
5: So, so Pastor Casey, um, I, I think that you have a well-known celebrity, um, quote, unquote, preacher <laughs> at, uh, in your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who might you not know? be? And I know you got a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Orlando, Florida area. I mean, there, you and I have had a lot of great conversation about the people there, but there's one in
3: particular... That's, yeah, uh, tell us about your neighbor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, to to back up about five years when me and my wife and our family were looking to buy a home, it nearly derailed where we wanted to land. Being that uh, Paulo White was right around the corner. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man! Oh, man. I'm, I'm thankful that I don't have to go by that direction every morning to work any longer. I'm heading in a different direction, but uh you know, I did pray a lot more when I went by that church quite often, but yes uh oh white you know i'm I'm just like anybody else I'm curious as well so with I've gone to some of the faith healing services and watched the shenanigans in action and I've, I've watched the trickery of and I'm just amazed. I'm I'm dumbfounded. I'm saddened by how many are trapped and blinded by that teaching. And and she, she's a right, man. I watched her with my own eyes punch somebody in the guts trying to remove a demon. Really? <laughs>
3: yeah. Wow. I wonder if it hurt. I, wait, wait. You just got a wow know. from Justin <laughs> Peters on that one. Like he's probably saying, "I wish you took video." <laughs> Yeah, I felt like I wish I
0: would have had the video rolling, too, man. Man, how long ago was this? No more than uh, a year and a half ago. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. I was like,
6: yeah. she's taking cues off of Todd Bentley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, things have changed over there for sure. Now that she's remarried, I guess.
3: Um, And, and out of the, the White House. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And now so, she's got time to be cookie yeah. again. I'm sorry. Now she has time to be kooky again. You know, before she was You're too busy right. being yeah, Trump's spiritual so. advisor. <laughs> Lord
0: willing, you know, we can reach some of the folks in the, again.
3: I said she was too busy being Trump's spiritual advisor, which is scary. Oh, man. I was happy to hear that. Well, but
7: you just got to remember, she's just I'm strike and, around. Around. and strike and strike and strike. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <For sure>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so Casey, how can people sign up if with they cat, if, if they're the they're in the Orlando area the church is in winter garden Florida in the orlando area if if people are anywhere Sir. within a, a plane flight to Orlando, yeah. they should be coming out uh how how would they be able to get it to reserve a spot
0: yep, all right, so um if you go on our website beulah baptist church um w g dot o r g you'll be able to click on this flyer and um, all the information is on this flyer so there's the website there beulah baptist church Uh, wd.org then uh, once you got that flyer you'll see hotel reservations that you can make you can see all that all the dates and everything so um nevertheless it's there on the website and we're wanting folks to call to reserve their seats so that we can kind of talk to them um, for the reasons being, you know, if, if if someone is kind of sensitive and wants to social distance... Um, That's available because we have an outside venue as well. Our church has really done well with uh, providing an outside venue with a big screen TV, and it's piped out live underneath a breezeway. There's always a breeze. It's really cool. It's been a hit lately. So even on Sundays, we have people worshiping inside. We have people worshiping outside in the breezeway that can seat about 90 people outside. And then we also have people in their vehicles because we have a transmitter that pipes the service, to their vehicle. So um, however people want to come and worship, it's it's there for them and on the website. So. Uh,
5: do you have a swimming pool we could sit in while we listen to church service? Or?
0: <laughs> you know, wow. I went down to Tom Maskall's church uh, about three weeks ago. Uh, and if you've been there before... No. He's no. got a swimming
3: pool. That's called a baptism that's called a baptismal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Aren't you guys Baptists? <laughs> he, yeah, right yeah hey at the
0: church that i first was pastoring the baptistry was as big as a swimming pool i kid you not my girls thought the church had a swimming pool
3: yeah,
0: that's great <laughs> but yeah but anyway tom that's church you know he he's put this seminar on his social media and um, he's advertising it as well and uh, i went down there and, and spoke with him and um, and pulled up, and I, I was uh, blown away because there's tennis courts on the left and tennis courts on the right and a swimming pool. And so you, when you come in, um, that's the first thing that you see, that his church has purchased that, you know, facility. And um, they have an agreement that the tennis courts are, you know, maintained by them, but the, the building is theirs, and uh, it's a very, very, very nice facility. By the way, I'm, I'm wanting to go to the Founders Conference for the first time this coming year and and praying for Bodie Bauckham, that he has a full recovery and everything, so praise God.
3: All right, so so folks, do do check that out. You, you'll you get to see, uh, well, most of us that are on your screen, unless Pastor Justin is, decides he's going to show up. Well, I, so.
1: I, well, little I, little I just found about- out just now, and I want to come. Yeah, then you haven't been listening just the last now?
3: like several weeks that we've been announcing it. you have been announcing
7: it for like I don't
3: know two months.
7: <laughs> and what have I been doing? I have not focused on anything. That's Clearly,
3: right. <laughs> I've you're been reading, reading, reading your, nothing
5: uh, but books. You're reading okay. John Hagee, yeah. prophecy, book. John yes, Hagee <laughs> prophecy books. John Hagee
7: prophecy books. I'm 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 all up to date on the. The four, four blood moons, and no, I'm just
3: kidding. <laughs> Pastor Casey, you said you had one more thing. I'm sorry, Justin. Yeah, yes, definitely.
0: So one of the things I'm looking forward to doing, and you mentioned, you know, Paula White earlier, and the reason why you brought it up is because, uh, Justin, you consented and wanted to go over and share Christ, you know, with those uh, that are walking into church on Sunday morning there. And we just want to be a light to those who are trapped in a in a in dark. and and false religion, and I appreciate you willing to, you know, um, activate what you're preaching. That's one of the biggest things in the church. If we not only know what we know, but we live it out and actually go and do it. But I feel like that people are going to have a whole lot of respect for the fact that not only are we equipping people to be able to uh, lead others out of darkness and into the light with the truth of god's word or actually doing it ourselves so we are doing what we are saying to do it's you know a bit of authenticity there i think that people are going to have a whole lot of respect for our efforts in doing that and so sunday morning whoever wants to pile into my tahoe and with you in the in the front seat we'll just go over there and do what we can for a little while and um, and share christ with in a way that. Uh, God lays on your heart, and then we'll drive, since we're nearly neighbors, right over back over to Beulah Baptist Church and um, mm-hmm. join our own worship service that will probably be already in process. So I'm looking forward to that on Sunday. But by the way, I've invited all kinds of pastors to come primarily on Friday night, Saturday And Monday, not to try and take them away from their Saturday service, but I've made it available to them that they can uh, join this seminar and be a part of it on those days and not feel bad at all about not being there on Sunday. We totally understand that. So we've got a lot of great pastors. I can't wait for you guys to meet them here in central Florida. And one of the things that I'm highly involved in with the Greater Greater Orlando Baptist Association as a vice moderator is, um, is is putting down the emphasis on expositional preaching and I believe as you as well believe that that is the centerpiece of it all that solves it all if we get handling God's word correctly then it addresses all of these other things pragmatism that creeps into the church the health and wealth gospel prosperity you know one of the things that I'm looking forward to you guys addressing is the movement out of california the bethel church movement um has crept into our neighborhood matter of fact over two years ago when i was preaching through the book of jude i warned our people and i said you know what comes out of california always creeps you know throughout the entire united states and it'll be in our neighborhood before you know it and sure as a world it's right down the road listen Six miles. They've got a church plant there, and it has grown like crazy. As a matter of fact, they had to rent the Orlando Convention Center, the Orange County Convention Center for Christmas Eve service. And so that is where the majority of your 20s and 30s and 40s are flocking into, which are evacuated. Our good churches and they're fleeing our good churches for this experiential mystic- mysticism type services. And uh, nevertheless, you guys are the are, are the apologists, and uh, um, we preach the truth as well. Obviously, if you left is the reason why we're uh, doing so well with bringing this together. And you know, we need to serve this up in Central Florida and keep Florida and Central Florida a conservative, Bible-believing state. we got to fight to keep it red. <laughs> conservative so 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 it's
3: I, I, yeah, I know your internet's kind of breaking up a bit but and i know yeah. that justin peters will appreciate this uh you may not but can you can, the first time you met justin peters i know you, you were really looking forward to it you were excited to get to meet him but how what exactly happened as you walked in that restaurant like how did you know what table he was at what? How exactly were you actually introduced to him? You know what? What happened that? that night?
0: Andrew, I got to be honest with you. You made me nervous, <laughs> big time. I'll never forget walking into the restaurant and hearing you say to uh, the server, "Where's the guy in the wheelchair?" No, no, and, I,
3: not that. We I was told to ask for the cripple guy.
0: <laughs> oh, even worse. See, I would try and block those things out. <laughs> I, you know, I thought Justin was going to strangle you for two reasons. You know, and then, you know, you would not let him pay for the meal. And you were, and I felt like it was insulting. I'm still getting used to all of you guys.
5: I want to strangle Andrew every time I hear him call
3: Justin a crippled guy. Trust me. Every single time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but, and Justin, I mean, that night I I got the text. I think it was either from you or Jim. I said, where are you sitting? And what did it say? Ask for the crippled, crippled guy. guy. <laughs> So that's what I did. It was actually it was really funny. The, the, the funniest part was little the little cripple boy. The look on, 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 on Pastor Casey's face when the, the, the guy walking us to the table suddenly realized that all I did was say, "Where's the cripple guy?" And he starts leading us to a table, and then he stopped, and he turned <laughs> yeah. around and goes, "I feel so bad that I know exactly who you're talking about." <laughs> and I introduced Casey well. to the poor, the, the poor little white cripple boy. You know the you know well, the there Jesus was no calling
6: one. you know the Jesus calling books and it, and it did so well now there's all these spinoffs like Jesus calling teenagers mm. Jesus calling moms Jesus I'm I'm just waiting for Jesus calling little white cripple boys so I can get my copy <laughs>
7: <laughs> Oh man
0: uh, I was just thrilled to see that Justin had a homegrown beefy pastor right beside of him that. He could probably snap his fingers and, you know, <laughs> and bend you in half.
7: <laughs> you know, and th- there is yeah. something to be said for that, the The sense of humor that KT was talking about. You know, we could we, we can be upset and, and always look for something to be offended about. But I just love the fact that Justin is 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 humble enough to know that God has put him in a situation and God is using him. You know that's that's a praise.
3: Yeah. So let me let me do this. I'm gonna, Justin. I want to ask you. You know, we're joking about this, but before we get into talking about <clears throat> preparing for for persecution, right? I, I think it is good for people to first understand and and accept their, you know their, you know where they are in life. Uh, Humble Clay is saying, "Little white cripple boy, ain't that a rap song?" <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, so um, so Justin, wow. can you explain to people why? you actually refer to yourself as, you know, a little white cripple boy and why you, you, you actually encourage people to like not shy away from the the term cripple.
6: Yeah. Well, it, it kind of started back with a, one of my best friends is a guy named Justin Fisher. Justin, Justin, uh, grew up in Mississippi, different part of Mississippi from me. But anyway, uh, we went to the crippled children's center together. He has cerebral palsy just like I do very similar case of it uh, to me, but, he and I started, we went to the Crippled Children's Center for two years. That was a place in Jackson, Mississippi, where you, we basically lived there for two years for intensive physical therapy, rehabilitation, um, all that kind of stuff. It's where I first learned how to walk when I was four, but we were roommates uh, and we were just toddlers. We, we spent uh, all of our time together and so we became fast friends and to this day he's one of my one of my best friends and and um anyway i don't know somewhere along the way justin and justin referred to himself uh and and us well the two of us together as little white cripple boys and so it just kind of stuck and ever (laughs) since then i've been calling myself that and and i do it just to kind of let let people be at ease you know sometimes people around me they're unsure of what to say you know i are you are you disabled? Are you physically challenged? And I was like, I don't go for all the politically correct stuff. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a little white cripple boy. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't
3: I don't, I don't I think I, of you I, as politically even correct.
6: Jean James uh, refers to the palsy. So Justin and I will say that we we got the palsy. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a gun the other day, a new gun, and I uh, took a picture of it, showed it to Justin Fisher. He says, "Is it safe for someone with the palsy to have one of those?" <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah well it was a nice looking good you, you sent me the picture too and and it's a nice looking i i could pop this up here even if, if you want everyone to You're see just banned your on new, facebook your, yeah get this yeah. where's your new toy uh how do i how can i show it? it's weird it shows i don't want to show all the text messages i just want to show the toy i guess i can't do that all right well i'm not going to share it then don't want to share more information than i should People may well, know that over the, it's it's just slightly out of my
6: reach and slightly off camera right now.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, you know, you should always have one available anywhere. Just any, like, right ready to use, you know. But um, so, so you know, it's kind of interesting. I, um, you know, I started a Bible study. Um, a bunch of people were talking and we started a Bible study that's available. If you go to the Striving for Eternity YouTube channel, um, you'll be able to watch every Wednesday night. It, we do it live, but it's always available on the YouTube. So um, we we've been going through First Peter, and when we were discussing it, it was well, let's do First Peter because you know, in First Peter, you're dealing with the issue of suffering, persecution, things like this, t- preparing people for for suffering. <clears throat> And uh, then someone sent me a thing saying, hey, look at what's being taught over at Grace Community Church. They're starting their evening services, uh, evening messages on 1 Peter. <laughs> uh, I see in the private chat here, Pastor Josiah, who's in the in the chat, is, says he's, he's starting his sermon series on 1 Peter. <laughs> it, it seems like 1 Peter's in the air. <laughs> a, a lot of people going through 1 Peter, and I think that um, it, it is probably because this is a book that is— most helpful in dealing with the idea of preparing for for persecution. You now we we decided, uh, Anthony, Justin, uh, P- Justin Pierce, and I decided the topic for this show tonight, being on preparing for persecution. We we did that before yesterday. What do I mean by that? Yeah. Well. We're going to start off with talking about something that happened yesterday and, and continued today, and it, it just for people realize the persecution. We've we've talked in the past about what's going on at Grace Community Church. Uh, some folks know that Grace Community Church has been in this scenario where uh, they realized the word for church is ecclesia, and it means a gathering. <laughs> A congregation, it is It is when people are going to meet for the purpose of worship. Um, you can get my book, What Do We Believe?, which is right there is the picture of it. Um, but get my book, What Do We Believe?, look at the ch- the, the church. The chapter on the church, and you see a historical view of how the word "ecclesia" has developed over time, became more and more specific, and why the church must meet, because it's part of the very definition of the word for church. And so, what you end up seeing there is, we we end up seeing that the church should meet. And, and John MacArthur decided, nope, we're going to meet, we're, we're done with this. If the Black Lives Matter can protest and be on the streets without masks and, and everything else, and without social distancing, then people can sing praises to God and worship the Lord and Savior of the universe. And so they've been under, you know, some slight persecution in the sense that uh, they're being fined $1,000 a week that they have to put into escrow uh, while their court case continues on. Um, they had to cancel the Shepherds Conference, or at least postpone it, uh, because of the threats of, of with the law. And then we see what's going on up in Canada. Now, some time ago, some of you may know, we did some episodes here about Pastor uh, Coates and James Coates and what's been going on with his church. He was arrested for 30-some days, uh, handcuffed, ankle-cuffed, all because he's such a dangerous person. They're letting rapists Okay, out of like child molesters out of prison because of COVID, but they're they're arresting him and not letting him out of the cell for I think like an hour a day. At least he had a Bible. Well, what happened yesterday was that they decided to send in a team of people this this either city or the state, and they've set up two fences all the way around the church. There is a fence completely around the building that they then put in a privacy screening so you can't see what they're doing uh, at the building. Then they have a fence that they put around the the perimeter of the parking lot so that no one can go in and park. They have each of the entrances, the, the driveway entrances blocked by police. They've hired, uh, I think, round-the-clock security to be around the perimeter of the outside fence, the inside fence, uh, to make sure nobody goes to this church. It's such a threat to the community. But there's, I wanna play a video. And the reason I wanna play this video is because this, I think, will help give an idea of what is going on with this pastor and what we wanna talk about tonight. I think this will set the stage. In, here's a man that is being persecuted, and I want you to focus in on what he focused in on. So l- just listen to this.
8: How are you doing? Good yourself? Good. You picked a good day. It was a great day. <laughs> a great day. Good to God. <laughs> Amen. I'm good now. I'm here at Grace Life Church today. This is a church on the outskirts of Edmonton. This is the church where Pastor James Coates was arrested. But just today, the government has decided that they want to barricade this church. They want to close it so that no one can attend. And uh, we're here. We just uh, we just met with Pastor James Coates and his wife, Erin Coates. We're meeting with some of the uh, supporters of them that are here today. And this is uh, a troubling time, but it's uh, exciting to see the support that they have. Of course, a church is more than just a building it's a it's a community of fellowship of believers but this is a this is a troubling time for canada and um, frankly i hope that we see better days ahead I'm here on the outskirts of Edmonton in front of Grace Life Church. Grace Life Church has been in the news quite a bit lately. Uh, In fact, they've been in international news because their uh, preaching pastor, one of their head pastors here, James Coates, who's who's right beside me here, uh, decided to carry on service even though the government uh, wanted to shut it down because of COVID. And uh, because of his uh, 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 continuing to to run the services he was actually taken to jail and he was there for 35 days and um i don't know if you wanted to just just give us a few comments about uh, you know that your overall experience and maybe just tell us what's going on today i see fences behind us you could just tell us a little bit about uh about what's going on today and what's happened to you uh, over the last uh, few months
2: well today they have locked us out of our facility and so until we indicate that we're willing to comply with ahs's health orders we are not going to have access to our facility and so we're going to have to uh, figure out and determine how we're going to gather uh, going forward and then as far as my time in jail um, it was uh, challenging in certain respects and and uh, yet a blessing in many other respects i had ample opportunity to share the gospel i was able to lead bible studies with some of the men that were there and had many guys coming to my door to to speak with me and share their life with me and I was able to share the gospel with them and to kind of show you even some of the support and affection that I had while I was in jail when I left the the pod that I was on you could you could already begin to hear the the inmates in their cells beginning to bang on their doors as they as they anticipated me leaving, and and I turned around and I waved to the whole pod, and the place began to shake as they uh, demonstrated their solidarity, banging on their doors, and and uh, it was really a an amazing moment. And uh, so even in the even in the remand center here in Edmonton, there's support from the inmates for what we're doing here at Grace Life Church. So
8: even the criminals be- who were there justly believed that you were there unjustly. Amen. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah.
3: All right, so I just wanted to share that, uh, and and I think that's a good starting point for our discussion here, Um, because I think that there you see the heart of a pastor who is unjustly thrown into jail, being persecuted by his own government, and what does he do? He sees this as an opportunity to share the gospel, have prison ministry.
7: Amen. Amen.
3: I mean, I don't think a lot of us would be thinking about that when... (laughs) Like that's the first. Oh, hey, we're starting prison ministry. This will be a great opportunity. <laughs> Many of us, the first response to persecution is going to be to to moan and groan and you know say, "Woe is me." Uh, that didn't seem to be his his attitude. So, uh, I want to start with the the situation with Pastor Kate, uh, Pastor Coates and ask you guys. Um, First, what, what do you think about that clip, his reaction, what's been going on there? And, and and you can see in that clip, they were out there early today, as early as 5 a.m. to put up more fencing. And you saw that in the video. It looks like they're, I think they're trying to fence in the whole grass area outside. So they're going to have three layers of fences to prevent people from getting in. And if you saw in the video, they have it, uh, you know, that the, the innest, innermost layer is all privacy screened. So, Anthony, you you look like you wanted to start. Yeah, so let me start off with this question. And
5: I I really wish uh, Pastor Chuck O'Neill was on tonight um, to talk about this. I think he and I are are, uh, very similar in this. But at what point do the Christians stand up armed, not allowing the government to do what they're not allowed to do? At what point do they stand up and do this? This, 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 to me, is a huge issue, right? I know, in Justin, you know, out by you, it was only a few years ago, um, the government tried to come in, I think, take some lands from, uh, from some families, right? And they had, uh, they had militias that were set up and prevented the government from taking over this land. And uh, it didn't get a lot of news attention, right? Nobody wants to know that there's actually militias that are in full function in America protecting Americans' rights. But uh, I, I just wonder at what point do we have not only the rights but the responsibility to stand up for what we need to stand up for. And uh, so I'm just kind of throwing that out there in the midst of all this. Because i got to be honest with you. If I'm in Canada and I've got five or six other guys that we can rally around and get some other guys joining. join Like, that fence wouldn't have gone up. Well, the
3: fence was up before people knew that they were putting it up. Well, it would have come down then.
7: (laughs) No, I I doubt it would, too, because I used to be a police officer, and I'm going to tell you, you lose. Um, well, that's that, that's the theology of law enforcement. We have more people and more brothers in blue than you have what you have to think about. And I understand the vitriol. I understand the the you know, the, the rugged individualism The I've got my 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 rights and I, I'm going to fight for. Them. I understand that. But we got to remember that this world is not our home. We have to remember that our call is not to fight for the government or to call for uh, protest marches and rallies and everything else. One thing I want to point out is that in one of the videos that was posted, some of the members of Grace Life, they made it clear that the people that were there were uh, some type of uh, protesters that were not members of Grace Life Church. They said not one of these people that are out here protesting and whatnot is part of our church. Pastor Coates was there and a few others to represent the church and to give a different perspective. Their perspective was the gospel. They didn't need, they said they don't need that building to be the church. They don't need that building to be able to to come together and to praise and worship and exalt Jesus Christ. But we do need faithful, godly men and women who are willing to uh, suffer whatever persecution is necessary, including going to jail and having prison ministries. Um, but I'll say this again, guys, I understand the the, the desire to stand up. But, I've, I mean, I've told my wife this. You know, we're here a, a few months back. We, we, you know, we're we talking about, you know, they're going to be coming in and taking our guns. Well, guess what? I think it's going to happen. You don't have enough bullets to fight off the government. You know, you have to decide. Are you willing to kill somebody for your right to hold a gun or hold a piece of property? Or are you willing to take whatever is necessary to uphold your rights as long as you can, because that, that Constitution is just a piece of paper, and it is only as good as those people who are willing to stand up and and, and believe in it. But when the majority of the, the nation or the country, when they turn their backs on, on their own Constitution, we still have to say we look to Christ and we look to His truth.
5: Yeah. Yeah, so but okay, but you're making a false dichotomy, Justin, right? This isn't a no, it's either guns or god. It is it no, is the balance between the two, right? No, I it, am because making- there's a number of Christians who are who are trying to say oops.
1: I have an issue with I was trying to remove me
5: the gospel at all times. I think that's a great I think it's a great thing to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was look, I was at protests last year from early from early April in Ohio because, you know, I was one of those guys who was calling all this stuff out a year in advance knowing that this was all garbage and and sure enough as as time has gone on as CDC is quietly releasing stuff everything that some of us were saying a year ago has come to come to be true about coronavirus and and uh and issues and and, and we've suffered lockdowns we've people have suffered hardships people have suffered lost businesses now i'm not saying that that trumps the gospel all i'm saying is that there is there has to be a balance in there somewhere and I, I don't know where it is. I, I that's why I'm throwing this out here. But I think I think it's silly to say, "Well, we're only about the gospel. Let them do whatever they want to us." I Let never them said them we're only about wives. The Let them take whatever they want for us from us. Yeah. And who cares, right? I mean, it, you can't have that complete position. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, of course, the one police officer calling it is yeah. going to have that uh, have that no, thought. But, but uh, here's
7: why. But here's why. I want you to think about this. When you have a theology, and I'm not saying you do, but when a person has a theology that is we have to conquer the world, your dichotomy, your your thinking, your ideas – begin to change that we're conquering the world. And I'm not saying you do, but that's what the, uh, some of the, the, the new push is towards, Oh, we're taking, you know, the gospel wins. We're taking dominion. We, we, we have this allegorical idea, but
5: yeah, you're talking when, about post oh, oh, well, mill people. So
7: I know, but hold on, yeah. I'm, I'm putting this out here because it affects how everybody thinks the more you hear that, the more you hear that it affects how everybody reasons and thinks. But when you have a, a theology of persecution that you understand, like John MacArthur said, that we don't win here, Christ does. His gospel will win. His kingdom will win. We aren't the victors. We aren't the ones that are going around taking dominion and and fighting with the sword to take control of everything. We are fighting the spiritual warfare, as the scripture says. That is our domain. Our domain is in Christ. Uh, we are fighting the spiritual war. This this person here that we're fighting is he's not my enemy. Satan is. I want the gospel to go forward, and I'll tell him he's wrong. I'll stand and defend as long as I can, but I'm not going to pick a gun up and go shoot the guy or or go demand that he puts it down, or I'm going to pull a gun on him. I want him to hear the gospel, and, and I want him to hear the truth. And, you know, that's me. That's my position. And when I'm talking to my church I want them to have a theology that says we're going to suffer hardship and loss and persecution as the Lord promised. It's going to come. That's the way it, the, the the scripture has, has defined that this is going to happen, and Christ wins.
5: Yeah. So again, I don't I don't have an issue with your position, as you said right there, Justin. I just I want, I just, I want to read what Chris says. Yeah. Go ahead.
7: I want to read what Chris says here. He says, I still support what Justin said while disagreeing with what the RCMP did. Now, let me make this clear. Chris and I are 100% in alignment here. I disagree with what the government's doing. I disagree with what our government's doing, all the lockdown silliness. I disagree with all of I think it's all wicked, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go to war against them. I'm going to stand on the on the side. I'm going to shout, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And Christ is right.
5: Okay. That's, that's where I can go. So, so I guess the question is, is do you not believe that there is any type of middle ground on this where people have a right to stand up and defend themselves? I mean, OK, let, let's take let's take a here. Here's a position. People come unjustly into your home to kill your wife, rape your wife. How do, how are you going to defend yourself? Okay,
7: you just went from one's from from the church defending the church. I, I agree. I agree. There's a reason why I'm doing this. Though. So so you went to me defending my home, which is my God-given. My it's okay. actually hold on, it's what God <laughs> commanded me to do.
5: Good. Now okay. now let's take it a step further. Do you have a responsibility to protect people within your church if somebody comes barging into your church?
7: If I can, yes.
5: Okay, so at least at least that part we we agree on now let's go a step further cuz this is the this is now the issue is what do you, i know it's it's a fun discussion but,
7: okay but let me ask you this yeah the the soldiers come in 5000 strong and they kick your door in at your church or at your house do you kill every one of them so that you can stand up and defend your right to say i have my home right to my church no you say okay there's a there's a point where i'm defending against against somebody who's being violent and trying to harm my my person or my family or my immediate uh, church family. They're trying to harm. And like Chris says, there's a difference between defending yourself and your family from somebody that's, that's threatening to fight you or hurt you or kill you. And law enforcement, uh, like he said, they're trying to put up fences. I totally agree with that. They're putting it It's wrong. Go fight it in court. That's why we have a court system. I mean, we believe that, we, that God gave us government. And so we have a fair, well, kind of, <laughs> a fair court system, I think. And we should be able to, to stand on that. Right.
5: So... And, and, and I get that. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I am not comparing somebody coming into your home versus a fence going up in a church. I'm just trying to find out where your line is drawn so we can have a, a, a good discussion from there. Right. That's the only well, reason I ask those questions. Cause I, when do, I
7: get there, I'll tell you because yeah. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Praise God. Nobody has ever come into my church trying to wield a gun. If somebody pulled a gun out, just so you know, if somebody pulled a gun out in order to defend my people i will take the first shot if i have to take the first shot and i mean i'll be glad to go to heaven or if i have to i'll I'll take be the one that uh has to shoot them if i have to i don't want to have to do that that's that's my that's the last option i would ever want but we've seen those cases where it's had to happen all throughout you know the you know um uh in in youtube land and in the news and stuff like that that has happened You know, and not one of those guys wanted it to happen, you know, but there again, there's a difference between like he like Chris said, having that fight, you know, in that in that split second instant where somebody is pulling a gun or trying to hurt you or coming into your house, trying to hurt you. And then somebody standing outside yelling at you or, you know, doing the the, their their illegal legal route, if you will. So,
5: okay, so Stephen Lawrence has has this and and it's kind of going more along the lines we need to ask ourselves what we we need to ask ourselves is this when it when is it okay to shoot a cop? Most people would say never, but what if the cop comes in your home, kicking your, your door down, and starts shooting your innocent family? This is a topic we should discuss. Now that's that's a little bit to the side of what we're we're discussing here, but 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 this is the point: is that what at what point do we defend ourselves? You know, it's it, we don't have to look very far into the into the past to see what the government has done in the last year with. With mask mandate, well, first of all, with saying fifteen days to flatten a curve, fifteen days passes, they go another fifteen days, and now we're a year into flattening a curve, right? The, the government has continued to press and press and press, taking everything that they can from people that they that they want to be able to take, and then some. You know, so I, I think. I think the idea of a slippery slope that people have always wanted to avoid, well, it's you're, you keep talking slippery slope fallacy. Well, it's not a slippery slope fa- fallacy anymore. <laughs> We've seen what's happened there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, Chris, you're a police officer. I get the fact that uh, you're going to be charged <laughs> on one side of the equation. <laughs> well, But, but the, uh, the thing if, is, if the is, issue comes into play. What What is the line that we draw? And so, Justin, that might be your line. You say, no matter what, they can come in, put fences around my church. They can... Do whatever they want to do. And I'm just going to continue to preach until they shut me up. And that's fine. You can have that. You can have that point. But I think there's a lot of other people that would that would dispute that. And so what I'm what I'm curious about is see what other people where they would draw the line. I'm not saying that I'm going to pick up arms today and go out to can't drive up to Canada and go start shooting. That's I'm not saying that at all. I'm posing a question saying that maybe we shouldn't be 100 percent passive Maybe there has to be something that people are supposed to do to stand up. I mean, after all, we live in a country where where people did this. Chris, I'm not insulting you. I don't know, understand why you keep telling me I'm insulting you. You're a police officer. I get why you have your position. That's not insulting at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm going to defend dentists in well, different okay. ways when, when people say things about dentists. I mean, it's what it is because I'm a dentist. So. Um. <laughs> so having having said all that (laughs) um we live in a country that we have the ability to freely speak about these things to freely do all kinds of things we're doing right now because we had people that fought in a revolution 200 plus years ago that we are all um i think happy it (laughs) happens and it's easy to to retrospectively look at that from 200 years ago and have revisionist history and try to, try to fit that into our correct, into our Bible context of today versus what actually happened 200 plus years ago.
7: Yeah.
5: So, you know, I I don't know. I just, I want to see what other people are, are, uh, are thinking in this topic.
3: let's, let's see what, uh, let's bring Justin Peters in for some balance here. Go ahead, bro.
6: (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to straddle a fence, not trying to take the easy way out. I'm, I think I'm somewhere between the the two of you. Um, I, I guess probably the best example would be what's been in the news really in the last few days. Um, that Pastor Pulaski is I'm am, am I pronouncing his name right? Polowski, the another yes. Canadian pastor. Now yes. yep. full disclosure, I don't know the denominational stripe. I don't know what kind of church he's well, got. Let, there, let's so describe
3: that video real quick for folks. I, I was trying to look for it actually while Anthony and, and Justin were going and couldn't find it, but what Pastor Pulaski did was the, the, the police they came in to shut down what he said was Passover service, which was interesting. It was a it was Good Friday. And he just ushered them out of the church because they, he guess he argued they didn't have a legal reason to be there. Yeah. Um. You know. Now you could criticize. You know, he called them the Gulag, the Nazis. That was insulting to the officers. Um. You know, I kind of wonder if that was out of line, but I do. Oh. You know, I think he stood up for. Hey, if this is the law, you don't have a right to be here without a warrant. You don't have a right to be here. You you can't just shut us down. And pushed him out. So that's the video. Yeah. I think,
6: I think there's a stark contrast between what we saw from that Pulowski pastor, pastor Pulowski, and what we saw a a few weeks ago from the elders at grace life church, James coach church. Uh, The, the Sunday that the first Sunday that James was back in the pulpit after his release, uh, the, the, police came and they wanted entrance into the church. They wanted to go into the church and look around and do whatever they were going to do. And the elders, um, rightly, I believe prevented them from doing that. And, but they did it in a very respectful way and they cited Canadian law. I can't remember the address of that Canadian law, but anyway, it forbids, uh, any government, interruption of a worship service that is in progress and their worship service was in progress. And so the elders of the church very politely, very respectfully um, told the police, the officers there that they could not come in while the service was in progress. And, and I thought they handled that well. I thought that was a good balance. I, I was appalled, quite frankly, at um, Pulaski and yelling at those police officers, calling them Nazis, Gestapo. I mean, you're you're these are police officers. Now, I, I don't agree with what they were doing. I don't. Uh, they were breaking, in my best understanding, they were breaking Canadian law. Uh, but they were doing their job. I mean, they were doing what they were told to do. I think it was absolutely appalling that a pastor would yell those kind of. Uh, Insults and and call these men and a couple of women I think uh, too, but call them Nazis. I mean, Nazis are people who murdered people, who put people in gas chambers and ovens for crying out loud. Yeah. I don't believe you know the police officers should not have been doing what they were doing, but I'm sure they were following orders. The orders were wrong, but my goodness, calling them Nazis! How in the world does that? Engender uh, them towards the gospel. I mean, I, I would assume that probably most, if not all, of those officers were not believers. Law of averages probably <laughs> weren't. Uh, man, you talk about a bad witness. I was, and I saw a lot of people really cheering on this pastor Pulowski. I was quite frankly appalled at it, but he did it wrong. I think the elders at Grace Life a few weeks ago did it right. So yeah,
3: and he he did explain. That, you know, I think. Personally, I think Pastor Pulaski was triggered. I mean, if you if you I saw some stuff, he was uh, you know Polish had uh, basically seen you know how some of this uh, you know in his you know with his parents' lifetime. I guess he lived through some of of how this goes. And so I I can part of it I see I can understand how old enough to
6: live through that. No, no, I said his parents. He's not that
3: old. Yeah, no, I said his parents.
6: Oh, okay. you know, he, but, but, but he had lived through, off. he lived through I mean, communism 70 years after World War II on yeah. a different continent. Yeah. So I, I don't buy that excuse. He, he
3: Well, he, I think he's from so, Poland. But, so, but, so, let,
5: so let me, well, let me throw this wrinkle in there to you, Justin and, and Andrew, because, you know, as a dentist, I have a lot of patients. Um, and my dad, before he passed away, had a lot of coworkers who became my patients uh, in his field. You know, a lot of people came from Europe romania ukraine others and uh these are people who were in countries that had full-blown communism and when you ask these people what happened to them you hear the stories of what happened to them they will they will they tell me regularly that what they've seen happen in our country in the last 10 years they said you got you uh, you americans are so stupid i hear this all the time right like we have we lived through this we saw this happening no one did anything about it, and my parents had to leave and escape these countries.
3: Okay, so but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Anthony. Okay. So, so, and I'm saying I understand why this guy could be triggered, right? Why a lot of people are um, triggered. I mean, you, you think about remember if you remember, you and I went to that uh, to a Chinese restaurant at the one time we started to try to evangelize the one Chinese fellow there, and and if you remember, this was just before the election, and he was he was telling us how he's he is a you know uh, an absolute liberal but he's voting for Trump and that, (laughs) that intrigued us. So we started and he said, because I left communism, (laughs) right? So we, we understand that, but I think there's a difference in, you know, I understand the guy was triggered, but the question becomes, is he being a good testimony for Christ at that time versus standing up for his rights? Here's, here's the thing that I think needs to be, when we, and we're going to end up getting into what is discussing what is persecution how to prepare for it but yeah. this leads us into this in this way one of the things i think as christians that some of us struggle maybe more than others with especially in america in america where we have this rugged individualism we we it's standing up and and protesting is almost you know part of being an american now especially nowadays right yeah. the thing that i think we see is that when you're standing up in the name of Christ like Anthony you're at the Ohio uh or, you know a year ago when they were all protesting you know because they uh, you know the, to not the against the lockdowns and all that that was not a christian protest now there were people there sharing the gospel you were there sharing the gospel there were others there sharing the gospel but one of the things that we have to realize is That when we're up there naming the name of Christ, now we're an ambassador for Christ. And when we stand and say we're representing Christ, I I think that the representation of what we stand for carries more weight than our rights. I think scripture, we could look to scripture that says, you know, if your brother defrauds you, fine. Like, it's, it's, it's their testimony. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's a difference there. Yeah, yeah.
5: so so I'll, I'll say two things. I mean, one, and, and I'm I'm not disagreeing with you guys on this stuff. I'm trying to I'm trying to throw a lot of ideas mm-hmm. out here for us to, to really think through and talk through. Um, the Polish pastor, I don't blame him one bit. It's easy for us to be armchair quarterbacks and and complain about what he did and and how we did it. And, and I agree, um, it doesn't look right. But as Andrew said, that. This triggered a guy for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. He probably has horror stories from his family in regards to the way that they were raised and how they escaped. They escaped the country, and Poland, especially. Um, if, if anybody knows their history, Poland has a really interesting history. Mm-hmm. You know, they, Israel was not the only country wiped off the face of the map. That's right. right? They were too. Poland was wiped off the face of the map um, before World War II. Um, between World War I and World War II, where you had three different countries, Germany being one of them, coming in and just taking chunks away before they disappeared for quite some time. So, I mean, th- these are people that, that um, have a lot of angst in their history um, with all that stuff. I like what Bud said here, right? He's, I think he's bringing some levity to this and, and, and trying to find what this um, balance is here. So he says this, we may be, as Americans, fully justified in pushing our constitutional rights. But as Christians, we must be astute to recognize that our witness to the world should not be first and foremost a defense of the Constitution, but rather contending for the faith. What behavior exalts Christ distinguishes us from the world and gives clarity to the gospel. So, I, I completely agree with Bud on on his uh, on his viewpoint here. Is and even as I have taught over the last year, I've, it's been very popular for me to go to churches to teach on on um, morality, rights, and proper role of government. You know, a proper understanding of Romans 13 and First uh, Peter 2. And, uh, and so as, as we bring these things forward, yes, we have a constitution that allows us rights, but we have to remember first and foremost, rights come from God, not from government. And so, and so ultimately Christ is head of all. The Bible is head of all. And so that is what our primary concern has to be yeah so I don't doubt that whatsoever. All That's, I'm asking for as in, in this discussion is what is the line to which we say no more? yeah
7: one thing I'll is say there, is i respect <clears throat> I, one thing I'll say is is just so everybody's watching this and we have quite a few people watching uh, I, I appreciate what Anthony's you know uh, getting at. Is trying to think about the biblical line. Where do we stand at? Where do we, where do we fight? You know, I'm gonna, you know, like he said, I'm gonna defend my family. Um, if it comes down to a have to, I would defend you know, my brothers and sisters in my church. Um, but then there comes a point where I stop. You know, I, I love what Bud said there. If it's necessary for us to treat, speak the truth. Let me pull that up real quick. If it's, he says, if it's, if we're to speak the truth in love, it's necessary that we must also defend the truth in love. And I I know Bud very well. He's an extremely close personal friend, and I know his heart. And this is a man that uh, I don't know that he has an angry bone in his body. And I know that he would stand and defend his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but he would also be willing to put down any defense for the sake of the gospel. so I, and I understand what Anthony's trying to get at there. Yeah. there's a there's a hard balance that we have to as the church uh, and I think all of you guys agree with this. We have to start understanding that we're not supposed to be the men and women that, that you know, uh, the health, wealth, and prosperity. We know that's baloney. We know that persecution is coming. So we need to teach an understanding, a, a theological understanding of suffering and persecution. We need our people to be ready for
3: it. All right. So let me, let me bring in real quick. Let me bring in uh, Chris Huff from the Matter of Theology podcast. Looks like he's in his car there. And uh I am yes. You know, in, in the in the hey, lights Chris. of the car, hey, Chris'm Chris, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you want to weigh in on, on on this discussion some
9: uh yeah, you know it's um, and I just joined in, so I haven't heard any previous uh conversations, and you guys have been going for almost an hour, so uh, forgive me if i if, if I duplicate this or or, or repeat anything that, uh, that anybody has said, but to to what you guys were just talking about. I think it's important that we remember um, our priorities, um, and, and and you know, and if you want to see a, a primary example of this right now, uh, look at what's happening to Grace Life Church of Edmonton in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, um, sure. Look at l- look at how the, obviously the government has overreached. There's there, there, there's tyranny. There's uh, I mean, they have fenced off the church, and then they put up a, another fence today farther out keeping people off the grounds they've put a tarp up around the initial fence so you can't see the bottom
3: we just lost your audio
9: you got you know you you've got you've got psalm uh, uh, the book of psalms that you know a zeal for your house has, has consumed me the psalmist says and so when we see this stuff uh, our, our 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 the fire wells up in us but we have to remember something we are not we are not in the flesh political revolutionaries we are called to be obedient and to preach the gospel. And so when you look at yes, there's a fine line. So what you guys were just saying, there's a fine line for standing for truth and saying, "No, this is wrong. This is tyranny. You are you are you are meddling in things you you, you cannot even hope to understand." But at the same time, we we don't to, to, to quote, you know, paraphrase Dr. John MacArthur, we we aren't those who go on the offensive. You know, there's so many people that are encouraging Pastor Coates and the elders and and the people of Grace Life to um, to 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 cut the fence down, go over there with bolt cutters, take back what they stole. And I, every time they've been asked that question, every time uh, that that's been suggested, their response is no. That's not what we're called to do. We're gonna. We are the church. We're going to continue to gather, and then you look at what's happened now, um, and and the evangelism.
3: I think we lost him. Yeah, I think, I think we we might have lost him there, he, but he is in his car. So all right. So let me um, let me do this. We'll wait we'll to see if he comes back. <laughs> um, but are you back there? It-
9: uh, I think, I think so. Okay. So yeah, fin- so. finish technology. up technology. Yeah. So, so you look at the evangelism that's taking place and if you, uh, you, you can tune into the live streams of, of, of multiple people getting their phones out and live streaming there. The gospel is being heralded. The name of Jesus is being lifted high. Uh, James had an opportunity to speak to, um, a conservative politician yesterday on a live stream for 10 minutes. And the majority of that was him presenting the whole gospel. And mm-hmm. as of this afternoon, that had 50,000 views. Amen. And, 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 and more so, more so through on. So it's, it, it's one of those things that we have to remember our priorities. Last thing I'll say is this, and then I'll be quiet for a second. You know, for, for those Christians who cross the line, who, say, who, who, uh, who go to, you know, uh, the, the, they, they put America, they put the Constitution before the Bible. Here, here's what I would say. You are no different than those who elevate their ethnicity over their c- citizenship yep. in heaven. Yep. You have got to remember that we are strangers and aliens here. Yes, we fight. Yes, we stand for truth. Yes, we stand firm. But this is not our home yeah and Amen. we have a commission and a mandate to preach the gospel not the constitution of the united states and i love the Constitution. Yep.
3: okay so so let me let me do this real quick for that chris because we saw anthony ran away chris chris hold yes. scared him away and he didn't he didn't so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna quote something from the podcast you also work with just thinking you know hammer b you got to repeat that because well one because anthony didn't hear it so say it again <laughs> we don't have uh, what, the hammer uh, B that that they have uh, on just you know, thinking.
9: I, I, I would, I think the yeah, the, yeah. So nice you got to say it twice. Uh, where, where's my hammer? Um, um, you know, so it's it's to, to those who would elevate, yeah, the, you know, and and cross the line into into thinking that that we have to we have to fight. They cross the line where they elevate the Constitution over the scriptures, they elevate the rights that are given to us or laid out for us. Let me, let me specify that because those are inalienable rights that, that we find here and and not in the constitution, but for those who elevate that above their citizenship in heaven, they're no different than those who elevate their ethnicity over their citizenship in heaven. We have to remember we are strangers Hmm. here. We are sojourners here. Our mandate is to preach, live, love, and proclaim and herald the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, first and foremost, not the Constitution of the United States. Now, I again, I love the Constitution. I absolutely do. I thought what Joe Biden said today about the there's no amendment that's absolute, that, that that's ludicrous. However, that does not come above the mandates and the commands of Scripture as far as that's what right. our job as Christians should be.
3: All right, so um, I'm going to put Chris back and bring in John. He wants to weigh in on this before we get into discussing specifically the issue of persecution. John, what do you have for us?
10: You know, the the first thing that came to mind was at what point do, like like Anthony was saying, what point do we, we, we fight back? Um, because I remember back when co- this whole COVID thing, you know, the flattening the curve, first started, I remember watching Wretched TV with Todd Friel and a lot of people were asking him questions about this and saying, you know, what are we supposed to do as Christians? And so he would always refer back to Romans 13. I mean, he would just say, look, we have to submit to our governing authorities because those authorities have been set up by God and we have to respect that. And I understand that. But now that we've, and here we are, you know, over a year later. And look where we're at. We're, they're, they're slowly pressing that thumb of tyranny over us. And it's getting to the point where a lot of people are just fed up. And so where do we go? I mean, from this, I mean, this is, if we continue to say, okay, Romans 13, you know, we'll, we'll submit to our government authorities. The government is not going to let up. I mean, one thing I've learned about the government is that they never give you more freedom they always take away more they always take away your freedom and so anyways those are my thoughts Um, go ahead
3: (laughs) okay and and we do have a question as well from from the panel that uh here it is uh and actually i should put this one up put this up earlier drew says uh, when Chris Huff was on, he's like, I can't believe you guys let this guy on your show. That's the, co-host, the <laughs> other co-host at Matter of Theology with Chris Huff. So just, Chris is in the car, probably didn't see that. But Humble Clay had, uh, had asked for us to, as a panel to discuss thoughts on Bonhoeffer. Anyone want to start with that one? I thought
7: that was amazing that time he took that bat and just started beating those Nazis and communists over their head. Oh, that didn't happen. He was a gospel proclaimer through and through,
3: all so in the way other to words, the end. He did what Anthony says we shouldn't do. <laughs> I love
7: Anthony. You know that it's, we're we're just picking. You know one thing I want to point out.
3: You now, for the doctor, record. I didn't mute Anthony. He muted himself. He mute didn't know how to undo it. Okay,
5: I, I got. I did not say those things. All I kept asking for was the line, <laughs> and, uh, and Justin and I were having a fun discussion on that. I don't yeah, know it was what was great. Donald's, I I have no idea what triggered him. I can't figure that one out because I wasn't. Was I insulting what? you,
7: Justin? <laughs> no, I thought we were no. just having. A discussion. And and just so everybody is clear, look, yeah. everybody listen. Anthony and I, we are best friends. We love each other. When we have these banters back and forth, it's nothing against each other. We love each other dearly. And so please don't ever think that we're fighting. We're not, we, yeah, we're, I, yeah. So
5: yeah, it was just a, it was just a good discussion. Okay. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's, let me, um, let me ask this question, Justin, of you, especially, and then Andrew and Justin Peters, you guys can, can, can jump in. Um, I think, I think first and foremost that, um, maybe I'll, you, all three of you might agree with this. I don't know, but Justin Pierce, you, you certainly, um, believe this, that if somebody wants to fence off your church, and not allow you to go into your church, fine churches you can host it somewhere else. What happens if the government um, churches are, are are all shut down across the country, and we have all home churches now. Now what if you're meeting secretly in your house church and the government wants to come in and prevent you from meeting there? Do you fight back at that point?
7: Okay. Are you asking me specifically,?
5: Yeah, I'm asking you specifically, right? Because we're okay. trying to get to the nuts and bolts, okay, for people to to really see the difference, right because so now we're we're ramping it up, right? We're not talking about this building that's over there. We're talking about in my house where we meet like Andrew's doing right now for church on Sundays. Um, it, it, you know what happens if the, his he comes home one day, um, and his house is barricaded on a Saturday night because the government finds out you've been having church, Andrew, at your house on on Sundays. You're done. What do we do there? Okay, is it is well, it the same answer um, as what's happening? In Grace Life Edmonton.
7: Well, I, I love what how they are they're dealing with it, and instead of fighting, they are saying, "Look, the church is is the is the body of believers, and we can do this anywhere, no matter where." But but here's where I'm going to go to. In Acts 25, Paul in Acts 24 and 25, what's Paul doing? He's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is making disciples, he's planting churches, he's preaching and teaching along with his uh, fellow workers. They've they're in the church, they're they're planting, they're going around. Um they're house to house, they're witnessing, they're sharing the gospel everywhere they can. And then the government comes in in 25 and 26. And they really start ramping up the persecution. And I love in, in, uh, in, in chapter 26, he says, um, he, he tells them that he is 26-2, uh, I believe it is. In regards to all these things that I'm accused of by the Jews, I consider myself fortunate, King Agrippa, that I am about to make a defense before you today, especially because I know that you're an expert in all the customs, and uh, questions uh, among the Jews, therefore I beg you to listen to me. And what does he do? He begins to argue with them about his rights and his privileges and all that. Nope, nope. He actually starts proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ because he recognizes that the situation that he's in is designed by God and allowed by God so that he can proclaim the gospel. And and he says, I'm, I know how to be abased and how to abound. In any situation, whether it's had to, to, to be in, in good times and good fellowship with the Ephesians or in, in hard times with the, you know, uh, with the, the Galatians or, or wherever else, he, he says, I know how to deal with these things, and even with the Romans, and they're being persecuted. No matter what the situation I'm in, I trust God. I don't have to say it's time for the battle.
5: Okay, okay, but you're okay. avoiding the well, question okay. now, so I, I agree with you on all that, Justin. What happens if they come and they, and they fence off your house?
7: My world is, my, my home is in heaven. Anthony, okay. let me ask That's you a question. So, so seriously, though, we, I mean, we want to ask the question, so let's ask the question seriously. Yeah. What can they not take from you?
5: They can't take away your salvation. They can't take away you, and your, they can't even take away your life, right? They can kill you here, but your soul lives forever. So, so I mean, there's a verse on that in Matthew 10, right? They they can't. Yeah. So I, I I understand that completely.
7: My only hope is that I, I mean I'm not trying to be like evasive, but I'm trying to say is is as a believer, my only comfort and hope is is not in all the things I've acquired or built up. I mean, you think about it. If you can be a Democrat, if whatever, and I don't know how you can, but if you're going to go that route, but if you take the the socialist democratic view that is in the White House right now, they are going to take every single opportunity for the next two years to take all of our property. That's their goal. Okay. What if they succeed? Do we say no? We're not going to. What are we going to do? You know, we want them to to lose. Mm-hmm. We want the conservative agenda to to proceed. And but right. in the end, all we have is Christ and the gospel.
3: So here, here's where I'm going to I'm going to let Justin Peters weigh in on this, and go then ahead. I'm going to I'm going to wrap wrap this up with something different. And then I want I want to get to what we really want to focus on is what is persecution <laughs> and how do we prepare for it? <laughs> all right, I so we Justin, we're
5: having a good discussion on that already. We, yeah, Justin. Yeah. Go. <laughs>
3: Justin, up. What, 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 what do you want? Me to do? <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on you know on what we've what we've been talking about? Do you have any anything you want to weigh in on?
7: He says, "What he said."
3: Well, it's, I mean, yeah, if not, it, we got Chris Huff like go, Chris hard. Huff is in it's the background going exactly. like this, like bring me in, bring me in. He's, he, he definitely wants to come in on this.
6: <laughs> it, it's it's hard to know exactly where to draw the line. It's it, it's a, it's kind of a difficult thing. I mean, you you see right before. Jesus arrest, you know the disciples saying, you know we have two swords. Jesus says it is enough. Um, I mean, he didn't say immediately. He didn't say put them away. What do you think? What do you What are you doing? What are you What's in your head? Uh, he said that's enough. And uh, but then they got to the Garden of Gethsemane, and the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, and Peter pulled out a sword and cut off Malchus' ear, and Jesus said, put it away. Um, You know there is Romans thirteen, but we there's Acts chapter five too. We must obey God rather than man, and and so you know these are these are not it's it's not real easy to know exactly where to draw the line. I will say this. I will say this. That um, going back to what I was saying earlier, I think between Grace Life Church and this Pastor Pulowski, I think Grace Life handled it right. Pulowski did not. uh, we are we are certainly to show respect, speak the truth in love, Ephesians mm-hmm. four fifteen. And I tell people all the time that in love part is just as inspired and just as authoritative as speaking the truth part. Yes. And if you can't speak the truth in love, then do God a favor and don't speak it, And you can figure out Amen. how. To do. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, now let me also say this: that the government has no jurisdiction in the church. Amen. Has no jurisdiction in the church. And since we've been wearing masks for a year or whatever now. Wait, 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 uh, wait. Have we?
3: Well. Well, just some
6: of us. Theoretically. <laughs> uh, the, the government has, the government can no more tell us, for example, to wear a mask in a church, uh, in a church setting. What What's to keep the government from saying, okay, before you go, because it's a health issue, right? Wearing a mask is a health issue. Well. Being able to do push-ups is a health issue, too. What if the government were to just say, hey, you know, before you can go into church and worship, you've got to do 10 push-ups before you enter the door? Well, that'd leave me out and leave a lot of people out. I couldn't do it. Uh, it's a health issue. So the government has no jurisdiction in the church. The, the government cannot tell the body what to do when it is gathered for worship. Um he can't tell us to social distance can't tell us to wear a mask uh can't tell us not to sing it's overstepped it's overstepped its bounds and i think James Coates did a really great job on that in a sermon on Romans chapter thirteen literally the sun excuse me the sunday before he was arrested if our viewers haven't seen that uh I've got it on my youtube channel so go and watch his exposition of Romans thirteen that he did just two days before he was arrested. So, uh, but anyway, I mean these these are some tough issues. But I will say the government has no jurisdiction in the church. It is it has exceeded its domain when it mm-hmm. starts to step into the
3: body of Christ. That's right. So let me. Uh, so I know Chris Huff is in the in the background, and he's uh, actually uh, here. Uh, one of you two guys just put it up Understood. here. So he, he's begging for us to read this, and I'm gonna then I'll read this and then go a different route. <clears throat> Or better yet, we should just bring Chris in. Chris, make you read it. Go ahead, read it.
9: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Matthew 5, uh, verses 9 through 12. Um, And uh, I'm reading out of the Legacy Standard uh, translation. It said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad to, to, to pastor Justin's point. Is that going to go for your reward in heaven is great for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So uh, to, to, to echo Justin Peter's point, and I'll jump off this, Andrew, I know you want to move on, but you know, wh- where's that line? Uh, uh, it, it, it's hard to tell. Um, it, it really is. Um, you can stand for truth, um, and, and rest in the sovereignty of God at the same time. It's not either, or it's both. And you can say you don't belong here. You can say you need to leave, um, all while speaking the truth in love. Um, so what I would direct anybody who's ever struggled with that, who's experienced actual persecution, um, read Psalm
3: 56. Yeah. All right. So here, here's the thing I would end up saying with this, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack as, as to wrap this up, and uh, this is this is basically if if you watched uh, my what I taught uh, in the First Peter Bible study, which is available at the for Fraternity YouTube channel, um, I talked about the fact that in the very beginning of Peter, Peter says. Uh, Peter, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, make grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure." But, I, but here's what I wanted to focus on. Some people will think, well, as Christians, we have to stand up. We have to stand up for the truth. We do. There's many who would end up saying that what these believers did when persecution came and they scattered, was that wrong? They didn't stand up against the persecution. They fled. You know, there's, that's not the only book that says this, though. James mm-hmm. chapter 1. James, a bondservant of God. And to and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. You know what I don't see in either of those passages? In neither passage is Peter or James criticizing them for fleeing. What ended up happening because of that? Because of the dispersion, because of the persecution that happened in Jerusalem, it caused the Christians to spread all over the world in that area, and the gospel went forth. The question we have to ask, and and so Anthony's saying, where's the line? Well, the the reason we can't say where the line is, is because we don't know what God's plans are. We don't know the future like God does. And so, we might think we know the line, we got to defend our freedom. Really, what if God's will is that we don't have that freedom? As Americans, as American Christians, would you be willing to submit yourself to God's no, will? Breaking
5: we- <laughs> huh? I think it's God's will that he just silenced Andrew no. right there, right in the middle of his. <laughs> no, uh,
3: can you hear me?
10: No, and so, so, so and Andrew, well, let me let me finish that. Let me, let me
3: finish.
7: Anthony broke you up.
3: Yeah, I think Anthony Anthony did it. So so I'll just finish then. The, the, the point being is, will we submit? To God's will, okay if it is God's will that we lose our freedoms if God's will is for socialism to take over America, do we want that no but if that's God's will, would you submit Christian? Yeah. And that's a tough question for for a yeah. lot of folks and and
5: that is a good question and and you know we all believe in a in a sovereign God and so it was obviously God's will when the Revolutionary War happened yeah and established this country. To which a lot of Christians today would say, "Well, that was wrong in, to do. They shouldn't have done it." It was, and you, it was you, you God's, Andrew.
3: It was God's will that it happened. That It happens because God, because of the right. doctrine of concurrence that God can use si- the acts of sinful man to bring about His glory. I agree. I agree.
5: <laughs> However, you don't know if it's sinful or not. Uh, sure, you don't know the mind of God in that. All you know is what happened. I know that, that, that they weren't stubbornly. submitting. They
3: weren't submitting Romans thirteen. They weren't submitting to their government.
5: Yeah, I know. But people would disagree (laughs) with you on that, right? And and so God sovereignly. They they, they could disagree with me, but God disagrees with them. That's all I'm saying. God (laughs) sovereignly had the Revolutionary War happen for
3: a reason. He allowed it yeah and just like allow it he sovereignly willed it to happen well because because and we know that only because it happened but it doesn't mean that they should have it happens and and so so god god sovereignly you can't just say god's will so what we're saying what we're hearing from anthony is that because god sovereignly allowed judas to betray jesus that it's a good thing to betray jesus I mean, that's, I, think, I think that's what he's saying here. Not what I said. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't speak for God
5: in those
6: situations. Here's the bottom line. Here's the that bottom go line. Go for it, brother. Beth Moore is a false teacher. Right?
7: Go ahead.
3: Amen. <laughs> but she's not Southern Baptist anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and she's finally, you know, you know what? I posted a, a, a video. Someone was asking about Beth Moore, Justin. Back two years ago, you and I and Jim Osmond did a video about Beth Moore and egalitarianism. Now that she has finally come out and is and is openly like back then she was pretending to be a complimentarian. We did a, a whole podcast saying she's saying she's a complimentarian, but she really isn't by her actions. Now she's she's dropped that farce as well. Yeah. Um,
6: Yeah, she's been freed from the uh, shackles of the Bible, shackles of the SBC, and she, yeah, it's all in in the the next closet she's going to be coming out of is the homosexual closet that she herself is. I'm not saying that, but but she's uh, pro.
3: Yes, yeah, she's homosexual. She's, she's affirming, affirming
6: said, she? of gay Christians. But anyway, I didn't I just so, I
3: didn't mean to go off on a rabbit. No, 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 she, no but she's, but, but she's been it. affirming her daughter,
5: who is affirmed homosexuals for several years now, right? I mean oh, there has yeah. been no yeah. that's no question. Yeah. So, so let it's let me just a matter of time for Beth Morta to, to be honest with the public. So her he, daughter writes a lot
6: of her studies, Bible studies, and her daughter all but waves the rainbow flag. I mean, I mean I mean, it, I mean it's just yeah, absolutely
3: appalling. So, so yeah. uh, Justin, Lorraine from the Philippines, if you remember from the radio station, says, bottom line, just got me to roll on the floor laughing. <laughs> hey, Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, we've been talking about the, the persecution. We're saying, okay, what happened to Pastor Coates in the church there is persecution. Let me ask this question of you guys how then do we define what persecution is? And the reason I want, I, I say this is because there's a lot of people that say in, in America with their, at least years ago with the comfortable Christianity, Oh, I'm being persecuted because someone at work didn't want to go to lunch with me. I mean, there's people that call that persecution because they didn't want the Christian around. They don't like the They can't tell their dirty jokes when the Christian's there. And so you know, you know, I used to run with a bunch of guys at lunch and we would go running and, and they literally would say one guy would turn to the one girl and always he'd be like, oh, I got a joke for you. But we'll wait for Andrew to take off and then I'll tell you because he knew I didn't want to hear it. Right. Was that a, was that persecution that, you know, he, he's waiting for me to leave? To, there's some people that would say that is OK. I would say it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what then is persecution? Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Should
6: I jump in? Go, Can yeah, I go for it. Yeah. I tell this, I say this all the time in my teaching that, um, you know, Second Timothy 3, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And there are no exception clauses for that unless you live in the United States of America. All who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And if you've never been persecuted on any level for your faith in Christ, then you're, probably not living godly in Christ Jesus because it's going to happen. Now, when we think of persecution, we usually think of imprisonment or something like what happened to James Coates. You know, we don't, we're in the United States. We, we don't live in Iran. We don't live in North Korea. We're not experiencing that kind of persecution, but, um, there's hard persecution like that. And there's soft persecution, um, alienation of affection from members of our family, um you know friends but especially family members who um don't talk to us because of our, our stand for truth and things like that. Uh can that be persecution? Yeah, I think that can be soft persecution. Um uh, it's painful emotionally, it's very painful, hurtful. Um, you know, it's not bamboo shoots under your fingernails or anything like that, but it's still it's still painful. So um you know we don't live in a country yet anyway that uh, threatens hard persecution, not like Iran, kind of Syria, North Korea kind of stuff, Soviet Union kind of stuff. We don't, we just don't have that here, at least not yet. But uh, there, there is soft persecution. I, I don't think you have to be thrown into prison and that kind of thing for, for it to qualify as persecution. There can be soft persecution.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things that we think of, you know, you go back to James, <clears throat> I'll pick up where I left off in the reading. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you can encounter various trials, knowing that the, tr- that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect, uh, have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, the, the th- he doesn't say consider it all joy my brethren if you encounter various trials yeah he says when you encounter various trials it's it's the expectation and and someone already said in the in the um comments is philippians 129 okay philippians 129 um it it says this but it has been granted for Christ's sake! Uh, sorry, for, for you, for to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake, yep. experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. You know, Peter, uh, sorry, Paul could have been complaining that he was he was suffering persecution. I mean, he was he's jailed, he was being in prison there. He was innocent. He could he can make that case, and yet, what do you see? He used it for the gospel. He just He's going to preach the gospel, and and he can write to the Philippians, it has been granted to you. It's very interesting, the word granted there in Philippians 29. It's to be pardoned, to be forgiven. So not only has God granted by pardoning us, forgiving us, to believe, for those who watched Seth make a miserable attempt of trying to defend an argument against Calvinism a few weeks ago when I debated him with this, um, the reality is, our belief has been granted to God. What's it say there? Just like that belief was granted, so exactly. is the suffering, and so there are different levels that we suffer. And is it all persecution? The the question becomes: Is that every every time we suffer, is that persecution? The answer is no. Um, you know, Chris puts up here as a definition: persecution is when lost folks ban us. Believers from legally worshiping God, ban evangelism. Ban us from calling sinful things sin- sinful. Um, I don't know that I, I completely agree with that. I mean, there's, the persecution usually has some physical element yeah. to it.
7: You know, one thing, if I could, is that um, here in First Peter, I posted it on the screen there. Um, it says in First Peter two twelve through fourteen. It says. Peter's expecting there's going to be persecution. He's warning that it's going to happen, and he says, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. In other words, the unbelievers, the unbelieving world. Keep your behavior excellent so that in the things in which they slander you as an evildoer, they, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now he's not saying that they're going to do it right now. he's saying that as they are calling you wicked and an evildoer for doing what God says is right, you have excellent behavior and then for 13 it says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it to be a king as as one has an authority over you or as a governor as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers. And the praise of those who do right. And the distortion here is that thirteen and fourteen. Everybody says, "Well, if they're not uh, doing what uh, they're supposed to be doing, we shouldn't submit." But that's not what it's saying. Mm -hmm. It's saying that those, there's yes, they're supposed to be doing what's right, and God did establish them. But you're still going to be persecuted by them and you still do what's right you still do what's excellent among the gentiles
3: so let, let me let me use that as a bouncing off point here and and say this in how do we prepare for persecution well first peter helps us and, and the you if i read just a verse before that of what you started at i'm going to get there but that helps us but <clears throat> let me read uh, peter again first 1 peter 1:1 1, 1, to those that reside as aliens as mm-hmm. aliens uh, I like what the ESV says, elect, um, uh, elect exiles. But it's this idea of being an alien, a foreigner. But he uses that physically in verse 1 of chapter 1. They're physically aliens. They're physically exiles of their land in a foreign land. But then look at how he uses it just before the passage that Pastor Justin read. Uh, 1 Peter two eleven. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from the fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. How do we act as, you know, how do we fight this war against the flesh? How do we submit to the government? How do we do the things that that Pastor Justin just read? It starts with recognizing this world is not our home. Time out. Something more important just happened. Oh, you found found a chicken. They're coming across the screen. (laughs) Now, I, just for the record, for folks tonight, do you notice how Anthony and Justin repeatedly interrupt mid sentence? I mean, like, I, I there's that Facts. Let's just go back
5: to the chickens. Where are they?
3: Yeah, so he can't. <laughs> so Anthony's so afraid of a good- <laughs> Anthony's so afraid of a good point that that contradicts him.
7: In other words, he's persecuting you, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this we is persecution.
3: It. It. I, I, <laughs> I think this is a you know. I, I told someone uh, today that you know you can sound better. My my source of persecution is called Anthony Silvestro. That's where my persecution comes from. <laughs> so 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 here, here's the thing. Um, I mean what I'm what I'm trying to point out is the fact that. It, in preparation, the way to prepare for persecution is to first recognize that th- this is not our home. This is not where we belong, okay? This this is what is behind the idea of striving for eternity, yeah. okay? Let, let me read, because this is really where we see this in Colossians chapter 3. O- open your Bibles, please. See, you don't see Anthony doing that or Justin or just Look at that. I am doing oh, there, <laughs> Open your Bibles. Go on. <clears throat>
6: The legacy <laughs> standard, I'll have you know. Yeah,
3: I don't <laughs> have a legacy I, see, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have that money. Yeah, I don't have the druggy Bible. The LSB, LSD Bible. LSD's a drug we're supposed to avoid. What, 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 look, look, look at Chris Huff there. Look, look at Chris Huff smelling his his Bible there. Look at this. I wasn't
9: was smelling, smelling it. it. I was opening uh-huh. it. Oh, Th- oh, these,
3: these guys that worship a book, you know, it's like, they, you know, they're, oh, they're going to be LSD only, you know? <laughs> But look at what it says in Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things ab- above, which is which, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not the things of earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God." This is the point, this is what it means to strive for eternity, is to to put your mind on the things above and not the things of this earth. So so the the thing that I end up focusing on here and the thing that I think as we prepare, how do we prepare for persecution? We have to have a mindset where we are fixated on the things of heaven and not the things of earth. We need to have a mindset (coughs) where we are looking forward to eternity with Christ, and not try to preserve what we have here on earth. What is more important, the things of earth or the things of heaven? This earth is going to burn up and be nothing. But that which is eternal is everything. And this is where I see the difference. This is where I see a difference, as Justin was saying, uh, Justin Peters was saying, the difference between Pastor Coates and this, this other Pastor Pulaski. Pastor Coates' concern is on eternal things, the gospel going forth, and if the government oversteps their bounds, which they're doing, are we willing to leave that in God's hands? This is going to be one of the things we have to first look at when we're going to say, how do we prepare for persecution? Now, let me give you a second thing after this that I want you to consider for preparing for persecution, and then I'll open it up to the rest of the panel. It is this. How do you prepare for persecution? Well, we're not going to be able to, as I drop that, we're not going to be able to take this with us, possibly in prison. Pastor Coates had his Bible with him. You know what you have to do if you don't have this in prison? Memorize it. Now is the time to memorize Scripture. And if you're not memorizing Scripture now, they can take, you know, Pastor Justin asked, what can they take away? You know what? They could throw us in jail. They could take everything away. They could take our clothes away. They could take our Bibles away. They could take all the books we love away. But you know what they can't take away? The scripture you've stored in your mind, what's already planted up here and taken root up here, and then when you're in prison, do you know what? That's just a time to keep reiterating that which you've memorized. That's why I'm, I'm going through and memorizing the book Yes, I said the book of 1 Peter. Do not memorize just little verses here and there. Memorize books of the Bible. Why is that important? Because in memorizing a book, you're going to gain the context. You're going to see the layout of the context. You're going to see what the author is trying to say as he works through point by point. That's how you have to do it to memorize. You have to go verse by verse, understanding the outline, understanding the context, You may forget some of the the verses, you may not exactly have it word for word, but when you memorize full books of the Bible, you are going to know, you're going to know what the scripture says when you don't have the scripture. You know, even if you're like Chris Honholz, who says he has a mind like a steel trap, rusted shut. <laughs> no, that's not true. You, even you, Captain America, can, yep, can. memorize scripture. <laughs> so, you know, and so real quick, before before I go to the panel, I mean, I, I, I want to open this up. But before I do, you know, I'm saying they could they could take our Bibles. They might. They might take our beloved Lagos. I hope they don't. But if they before they get to the point that they take our Lagos from us, may I encourage you, if you don't have Lagos or you haven't upgraded your Lagos, you can get five free books from Striving for Eternity. If you go to bit.ly, bit.ly, or bit.ly.com, either one, bit.ly slash S-F-E Lagos, they are supporters of, of Striving for Eternity, and in our partnership with them, not only do you get what I consider the greatest... Bible software on earth, but you also support Striving for Eternity in the same time. And another way you can support Striving for Eternity, and this way, get the best sleep ever when Dr. Silvestro is, sleep, is speaking because basically he doesn't stop speaking, so you need to bring a <laughs> pillow. So go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code SFE, and or you can call 1-800-873-0176. That's 800- Eight seven three zero one seven six they also sponsor this show so you can not only get your best night's sleep with their pillows, their blankets their their sheets. Uh, they even have slippers. I, I, you know, maybe we should get Dr. Sylvester, one of their robes and slippers. So he walks around with his, he I don't know if they have fuzzy bunny slippers for him, but, uh, but when you go to dot com or you call them up, there's a bunch of promos that you can only get with a promo code to get their discounts. You can use promo code SFE, which stands for striving for Eternity. Not only do you get a good night's sleep, but you also help to support striving for eternity. Now, with that said, uh how do you how do the rest of you guys see as as some uh, so Pauline is asking what what rest do you what resources do you use to memorize scripture? Um so I what I use Pauline is an app on my phone called um verses, verses. The nice thing about verses, I got people in my Bible study who are, are joined with me and we're memorizing the verses together of all, the whole book of 1 Peter, and we could see how each other's doing. They play little games so that it help you with the memorization. But one of the things I used to do when, when I memorized the book of Titus or Romans or 1 John, oh, you're showing the little logo, although you got to get it by in, the camera. Down, Pull down, back. there it goes. is. It's the little one with the circles right there. It's called yes. Verses, at least on the iPhone. I don't know if it's on Google. Um, but... What I used to do is just, I'd print out the scripture, I'd fold it up and stick it in my pocket. And all the time that we think is wasted time, you walk into your car, you walk to an office, you walk to a restroom. I used to pull my car, this little, you know, you could have note cards if you want. I just had a piece of paper that was folded up. I'd unfold it and just keep reading, keep memorizing it. Um, and one of the things Ryan is saying is reading it aloud, that helps in memorization. Yeah. It also helps, as uh, we know from Justin Peters, that if you want to hear God speak, you should read the Bible. And if you want to hear him speak audibly, you... Read it out loud. There we go. Yeah, that should be on a t-shirt, Justin. <laughs> I should. That's a good idea. Oh, wait. It already is at justinpeters.org. <laughs> there you go. So, so, okay, what other ways do you guys see as ways we can prepare for the coming persecution?
7: Well, in Colossians, you were just there. Um, it, it you know, just for a second, just to tell you, we look we we set our focus on Christ, and we want to live godly in Christ Jesus, as Justin uh, Peters just said. Uh, we want our focus, we want our lives to be to live godly in Christ. So we need to study the Word of God. Reading Colossians, it tells us that we are to. Put away all this wickedness consider yourself your members, verse five uh, members of this earthly body as dead uh to immortality, we want to be in purity and passion uh we want to be we want to get rid of all of that the evil desires greed the the wrath, the hate, all of those things. So the basically what I'm saying is is we want to live as holy men and women so that we can stand before God and He can say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." Even in the persecution, because you know I I don't think we're going to get out of this world life. You know I think we're all going to die eventually. <laughs> Am I right, Justin? I mean, you tell me. I mean,
6: I, 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 I think I, th- I think you're I think you're onto something, brother. <laughs> I think you're on to something. Amen.
5: I think a large part in. Uh, in uh, preparing for persecution is making sure we're training our wives and children, especially, especially our kids and uh, training them in, in not only memorizing scripture, but just in the plain meaning of scripture so that, uh, that the ways of the Lord get ingrained in their hearts um, mm-hmm. and do not live. Mm-hmm. So that's a, to me, that's a huge part. And, and that's where most of my focus is despite, despite people thinking that I'm uh, ready to have an armory and go store in the Bastille, Again, um.
3: <laughs> um, ha- tell me how many rounds of ammunition do you have currently at your house?
5: Uh, they were all <laughs> sunk in a boating accident. <laughs> <laughs> Yours, too? <laughs> too. Your too, tragically. All we were all went.
7: out there together. It was fun. We was on the boat. Yeah, and then, then, really and then, sad. <laughs> didn't get any fish either. But it
6: was bad. At least we <laughs> some tighter standards for boats these days. The <laughs> same thing happened to me.
5: Yeah. yeah. And people all should recognize that you know all four of us allegedly own a number of firearms and a number of ammunition. So, mm, so, so about- we all do believe in defense to a degree.
3: No, it's <laughs> just that the ammunition was getting too expensive. Expensive. So I yeah. bought while I could. Now uh John, John, I saw something in private hold on. I saw something in, in, John said in private chat, John. Uh what should we be doing to prepare? What was your comment? Uh get
10: more chickens. <laughs> I have chicken. We need have, something
3: to eat. Have more chickens.
6: <laughs> okay. Can I can I say something a bit counterintuitive and maybe kind of coming at this from the opposite direction? I agree hundred percent with everything that's been said saturate your minds with the word of god expect it but be careful don't go looking for it Thank uh, you. i've noticed it amen there's some people out there that seem to like especially with social media now they seem to like the attention that comes with it's almost you almost get the sense that they're trying to manufacture persecution uh don't do that don't don't go looking for it you don't have to if you're living godly in christ jesus it will come to you don't try to manufacture yeah. it Try to make yourself out to be a martyr. Uh, now, James Coates not doing that at all. I'm, I've been humbled by James Coates. But there are some people out there, and I've noticed that they're, every little thing they're calling persecution. Don't don't go looking for it. Don't go trying to parade yourself on social media as this brave soul because, you know, someone gave you some you know, snide comment or something like that. Don't, don't do that.
5: Let me, let me or, talk to that, pushing, Justin. Or Let's be fair, too. I mean, there's people out there that are pushing uh, not physically pushing, but but pushing police officers, pushing government officials. I mean, yeah. there's a yeah. church in uh, Moscow, Idaho, that's doing this kind of stuff, and and they're you're right, they're inviting persecution for the purpose of getting it on camera, and uh, and then and, going for you know, us the world. And that, I agree, that's that's problematic as well. It's narcissism, but, you know. Look, I mean,
6: it, 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 it's a form of narcissism to to do stuff like that. Don't you don't have to go looking for it. There, it there, will come to you if you're living godly in Christ Jesus, and exactly. it will come.
3: There was an evangelist over in the UK who, you know, yeah. he, he's an American. He was over at the UK. <clears throat> there was an issue that came up <clears throat> of, you know, of homosexuality. They w- they were told that if they came back to that same spot, that they were going to get arrested if they came back there the next day. Uh, the person that was running that organi- running that trip told them not to go back to that. They didn't want to have any issues with the police and things to have happen. And the one one of the persons said, no, he's going to go back there. And he went back there. And yes, he got arrested. And then he was went on all the radio shows going, oh, poor is me. I was, I'm persecuted. I'm persecuted. No, you were looking for it. You That's knew, yeah. you, you were warned what was going to happen and you went anyway. That yeah. wasn't persecution because you knew what they, they already told you what was going to happen. And you wanted that to happen, okay? So I don't consider that persecution, you know, and I don't think it's, you know, being a jerk is not persecution either. <laughs> when people act like a jerk, and and yeah. then people don't like them or resist what they're saying.
2: okay? So, one thing that, okay, so one thing let's ask this is...
5: question then. What if we go out and preach the gospel, we're told not to do it, and we're in a, we're in a perfectly legal public place. Yeah, we move on to the next mm. space until they yell at us there, too. Or, I mean, so well, see, again, but here's the thing, always a line to this stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. But here's the thing oh.
3: if I get, if if I'm told, you know, as you know, right, on the Jersey Shore right We've, We have the, a couple poli- we have the one Jehovah Witness police officer that every year would try to tell me that I can't preach out there, I can't preach in this area, try to move me around, like and, and I do it, dealt with them every year, right? Um, but what is it you know what I do? I mean, I would just sit there and say, "Well, I, I'm going to keep preaching. You, you and I both know that you can't arrest me for this." And you know, but there'd be times where you'd just say, "Well, uh, then I'm going to be arrested, but you know what I don't do? I don't go on the radio and go, oh, I was being persecuted. If I knew, if they say to me, if you come back here tomorrow, we will arrest you. I mean, what did Jim Coates, uh, James Coates do? They said they wanted him to arrest him. You know what he did? He went into the police station, right? I mean, he gave himself up. He didn't fight it and go, oh, look, I'm being persecuted. I haven't heard him say that he's being no. persecuted yet. Okay. Anthony just loves whenever someone says he makes a great point. He's got to put that up there. Um, but thanks, Stephen. <laughs> well,
7: but you think about it when you're talking about the persecution, you know, every single one of us have been out here open air preaching and witnessing. Uh, and I'll never forget, I was at the Oktoberfest in 2009, I believe it was, long time ago. But we were back there. Um, we're open air preaching, and these you know, drunk people were coming along and they were grabbing us and punching us and they were hitting us, throwing stuff at us, and everything else. Now, you, gotta, you guys got to understand, you know, one thing that the Captain America is, is talking about here is, you know, I come from a law enforcement background where you're not going to put your hands on me because I'm a police officer and I'm going to win this fight, you know, but when God saved me and I, you know, transferred out of law enforcement and, and I'm not saying Christians aren't in there, um, but when God saved me and pulled me out of that, I... Uh, I got into, to, to ministry and started working. And I saw that as a person sharing the gospel and proclaiming the witness of Christ, I'm going to have to be willing to take some of these hits, especially if I have a group of people with me, you know, I mean, at what point in time do I stand up and, and, and go fight the police or go fight against someone else? Because, you know, of these things that are going on. I'm, I'm there to share the gospel. Right. And that's what I'm there to do. Um, as a Christian, there's times when I'm going to have to expect persecution. I think Jesus said that they're going to hate you because they hated him first. You know, they, they're going to hate your message. You know, Justin, you just said it a second ago, that they're going to hate you because you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus.
5: Yep. Yeah. 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 So I, I just put up a question. Um, why did the
3: apostles break out of jail and flee? But they didn't. They didn't break Sorry, out. They were God delivered yeah. them. Yes, yeah, so that's the difference. Is God, no, is God, so? God supernaturally did it in a couple of occasions where Peter, in his case, didn't even think. I mean, he, he just thought he was seeing a vision, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now I'll, but I'll say this. If, but but, but there was an earthquake that happened in Philippi, and they didn't flee. In fact, they stayed yeah. in there and told the guard, don't harm yourself. They remained in the prison, and what was the result? The whole the, the, the Philippine, Philippine the Philippine, uh, Filipino the Philippine uh, guard, his whole family came to Christ. Now, when Justin and
7: I, if we ever have to start a prison ministry, and God splits open the the, the wall and and tells us to go out, we're going, brother. I mean, yep. <laughs> I'll
6: be on my scooter. I hope it's got uh, a good charge. Uh,
7: yeah, I'll, I'll be behind you. <laughs>
3: What if I get arrested? Will they allow scooters in prison? No, probably not. It depends
7: on where you're at.
3: <laughs> I don't think they'd allow your crutches either. Because they could be used as a weapon. What am I gonna
6: do? Flop around on the floor?
3: Don't worry. Yeah. We'll be we'll be in the same prison. We'll just carry you around.
7: Yeah, we'll all be together.
3: Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> okay, so so I mean, just to to wrap it up, I mean this was this was a more lively discussion. Um you know, and basically everyone convinced that Anthony's wrong, as usual. Yep. And, um, I don't say everyone. And first of all, you
5: guys, don't know, you guys don't even know what my position is. All you do is ask questions the whole time.
3: Ah, uh, but, but we, we, we do know <laughs> what your that's position the is.
5: part of all this. I mean, we have people getting mad in the we,
3: chat. Wait, we, right, wait, we, right, wait, we, right. wait. We, We're having we a we
5: A single person has heard me give my position That's not
3: true, because we've heard your position when you'd be doing Facebook Lives at these protest rallies all wow. last year.
5: I, be, I believe that we absolutely should be out there protesting the government peacefully.
3: Yeah. Peacefully, yeah. Now, let it, me ask you, you a question. Now, I do have and, a serious we've question. we've also discussed this per, as well, so I do know your position.
7: I do have a very serious question, since all four of us are going to be over in, in Israel. Um, if they demand that you take the flu, the shot, whatever it is, are you <laughs> going to be with them? Nope. Okay, so Justin, you I'll ready for home. that? We're going to be preaching extra for him.
6: Yeah, I mean, if they... If they require the vaccine for international travel, I'll take it. That's the only way I'm going to take it. That's, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not inclined to get it, but if they if they require it for international travel, and I hope and literally hope and pray that they don't, but if they do, I'll take it just because that's what I do. I,
3: that's right. I, uh, I travel so, and so, preach the gospel. So. So, and, yeah. and, so basically what we say, I'm, I will do the same. I'll take the vaccine so that I can continue to the, do the ministry that God has for me, and I'm going to trust that yep. God can take care of my body. And you know, if he wants me to get sick, then I'll, then that'll be the thing. And Anthony just, Prefers his body over the gospel. That's what we're seeing. But, uh, but, but, but do you notice? in America. Do you, right? oh, do you notice what Drew
5: to, says here? See, I see, don't, Drew, don't need to spend money and fly Drew, overseas to. Drew spread says. Drew says. So Andrew.
3: Drew says. So Andrew pulled. Uh, so Anthony pulled in an Andrew, not officially stating a position, but asking questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. He, the, the disciple has learned. Except, I do know Anthony's position because we've discussed it.
5: <laughs> you don't know my full position on it, but <laughs> I just know you're wrong. We can preach the gospel here in America without receiving a shot. So why would I have to go to Israel and take a shot?
7: Well, and and let me add this: is that it's it's up to your own personal you know, belief and your opinion, whatever you want to do on that. You know, I mean, it's you know, no condemnation either way. I mean, you guys know I had to I had to get it before I had my surgery. Uh, when I had my surgery my doctor told me that i'd probably end up uh, in in dead if i didn't take it so i did take uh, the shot before it was even out i i went ahead and signed up for the the study i did all that and i'm still here and had no no side effects to, to speak of so, okay so to answer
3: I, to answer ryan's thing is why would you knowingly inject yourself with aborted uh, fe- fetal growth so strong, cell man. growth vaccines brothers Not every one of thems
5: to everyone in the laboratory is made using aborted fetal cell lines at least in the replication it may not be in the actual vaccine you get but it's ma- it's used in la- they're always used in laboratories for that for the purpose of making uh, a, let's go to a different
7: let's go there's, to yeah, different. I mean,
3: there's tons of research on that yeah, so you guys can uh, <laughs> let's
7: go to a different subject yeah, it's, yeah, well we're going to it's, it's actually
3: 10 o'clock anyway so so okay. um it's 9:57 we can discuss this for three more what can we, well, I, I didn't oh. hear what we could do yeah <laughs> so <laughs> but let me uh you know so uh, Justin Peters anything anything you want to share anything you got going on before we close out with uh Justin Peters ministries any places that you're going anytime soon yeah,
6: uh, this this next week I'm going to be in Holt, Michigan, and uh, then after that I'm going to be where am I going to be? I have to oh I lost track. Um, but in the next few weeks I'm going to be in Michigan. I'm going to be in Colorado, Denver area, um, Florida. You'll be at Beulah Baptist Church. Florida. So uh, yeah, I've got a number of trips coming up. Idaho, Boise, Idaho at the end of May.
3: Wait wait whoa, April, whoa, whoa, wait wait wait. wait. April. Boise, Idaho. Boise. Wow. What? Wait. What is it that your former pastor Jim Osmond would say about Boise? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. <laughs> I, I think. I think he says he, if it's. Well, a, he
6: just thinks. He, let's let's put it this way: that that northern Idaho is much more scenic than southern Idaho. I,
3: I think he says that if there's a choice between, you know, what is it uh, li- living in Boise or living in hell, he would he would uh, rent out boise and live in hell <laughs> like that, yeah. very, very so, damaging, so you guys could go to justinpeters.org check out what he's got going on there uh, all the ministry that he's doing and just want to end with just some uh, to uh, request of you guys if you guys are getting value out of this show uh, would you mind supporting us we already gave you ways you could support us by upgrading bible software getting lagos bible software going to my pillow encourage you to go to my pillow and use our promo code sfe uh, so that you can get not only the discounts there but they will they support this show and that helps us to continue to pay bills and things like that But I just an appeal to you guys, the audience, those who are finding value out of this show. Uh, One thing I'd say is if you could write us a review so we know what you think, whether you like it, don't like it, what you think we could do better, what topics you want us to hear, go to lovethepodcast.com. Slash Apologetics Live and the A and L in Apologetics Live is capitalized. So you can see it on the screen. You can see it in the show notes. The other thing is, would you consider supporting us monthly? Uh, COVID has been a very difficult year for striving for eternity. Most of the way that we gain uh, support and donors is by going out to churches and speaking. And that did not happen this year. I can't imagine why. What could have happened? Yes, it's a thing called COVID. Because of COVID, we had to cancel, uh, Basically everything that we had scheduled after March, almost everything, we did a couple of events later on in the year, but that really hurt us. Our giving uh, through donations decreased by sixty percent last year. That's huge. Uh, we are what we are, what our supporters allow us to do is to go into smaller churches and be able to do seminars that they cannot afford. And what this means is it limits our ability to help out smaller churches. Those churches everyone else ignores maybe you are in attendance of a small church and you know you don't get the seminars, you don't get the conferences, you don't get the speakers coming into you because the church can't afford it. They go, you have to go out to the bigger churches for that. Well, it, what our monthly donors allow us to do is to be able to go into those churches and help them, to give them the training, to give them the discipleship materials. But when we don't have the money, we have to, we, we, you have to be good stewards of what God has given us. And so if we don't have that support, there's certain things we just can't do. Um, and so we're we are asking as a plea, we need to make up, we, we're trying to recoup 60% of our donations that we lost due to the, this year of COVID. If you could help out with any amount, please go to strivingforeternity.org slash support. You can support us through Patreon. There's going to be other ways there that you can support us. There's different uh, gifts we give depending on what levels you you support. But StrivingForEternity.org/support, would you please? Uh, yes, I'm begging. Would you please consider supporting us today? We we are in in need uh, with the year that we had last year. Now let me explain some with that. There's a lot of ministries who are struggling, and I know that. There's a lot of churches that are struggling, and people are struggling with where to donate. <clears throat> One of the things with striving for eternity that you may not know, unlike other ministries, there's a lot of ministries that are struggling. And as money gets tight, you know what ends up happening? Because they have to make payroll, they struggle with what, with decisions. And a lot of ministries make the mistake of kind of caving in on some of their convictions because they want to make sure they can make payroll. We don't have that with striving for eternity. Uh, we, we're, we most of our money goes toward ministry, uh, you know, except for, you know, last year, which was this anomaly year because we couldn't get out and do a lot of ministry. But the year before that, you know, I think it was 72%, 75%, something like that. Um, was all went toward ministry and, and not toward running of the ministry. So we are really try to focus on using the money toward ministry. Uh, Dr. Svestro and myself have other means of income to be able to make sure that we are we're not being paid a salary that we depend upon to be able to do this. So we're not going to make decisions and compromise the gospel to pay salary we're going to do things for the sake of ministry. That's one thing that we do different. So if you want to support ministry, if you're finding value in what we do here in Apologetics Live on my Rap Report podcast through Striving for Eternity or the Christian Podcast community, any of the stuff that we do, please, would you consider, if you get value out of this, would you please consider whether you would support Striving for Eternity? Go to strivingforeternity.org slash support today. Thank you for it very much. Next week, uh, next week, um, what, what, Anthony and Justin, what did we say? I forget now. What, what are we talking next week? I, I
5: thought we were I, speaking on uh, dispensationalism next week. Yeah, I,
3: I, something like that. Maybe I, th- I think what we're, we're going to do is we're going to have someone come in. Those that didn't listen, if, you're, if you listen to the Christian podcast community, listen to Pastor Jim Osmond on his morning worship services. On his morning worship service, he talked about the resurrection of Christ, and he said something in there that I said, Jim, we got to have you on to discuss. I asked this question on Facebook, why did Jesus Christ have to bodily raise from the dead? The answer that Jim Osmond provides is very interesting and will upset many of our post-mill and ah ah-mill friends. I'm just saying, you will not want to miss this, especially you (laughs) post-mill guys. You you may want to tune in, because maybe you'll have to change your view, at least this side of heaven, because you're definitely going to change it the other side. The question I can't
5: wait to ask, uh, and I had a chance to talk with Jim when he was in in town uh, in Cleveland last week. We were able to go to dinner together one night, my wife and uh, and me, and he and his wife, and we had a good time. Uh, good time talking, and he came and preached at our church on Wednesday night, the night after. But uh, I, I'm really curious to find this out. It's it seems to be the flavor of the month for people to switch to Post Mill, yep. And I can't figure out what the draw is. I mean, is it really because Jeff Durbin's tattoos and beer? <laughs> is it is it because of James White? I, I don't I don't understand what this what the what the, wait, uh, wait, wait, what the draw is. Are you saying everyone's just a bunch of followers? There's people that I know that are, that have been strong Omil guys for years. Like, I mean, to the point of, of being verbally assaultive towards any other, people. especially, right. we know a number of them and uh, yeah. people that some of which may not even be saved, but that, that these guys who are so hardcore on are like, Oh, I'm thinking about I, just a post. I saw two weeks ago. Oh, I th- I'm almost convinced of, of post mill now. I'm like, what? How does I don't I just don't understand how this happens. So
3: well, Kara says, great podcast. And just to to wrap up, we did have a comment from Stephen here, and he says, can you can you do these topics more frequently? Don't encourage Anthony with this, Stephen. Really, don't. You know he loves the doing way, these things and going off the rails like this. The only
4: way we can <laughs> do the rails.
3: <laughs> oh wait, oh, hold on. You. We we always we we got a super chat before going out, so we always must read the super chats. So Brandon just gave a ten dollars super chat and said God bless, and so yes, we we do appreciate that. Thank you. That's another way you can support us. Uh, Humble Clay says, really enjoyed tonight's sharpening, I, and I hope that's what it was. Uh, Eric is saying premillennialism is the only system that agrees with the literal. Interpretation of God's word, covenants, and end times prophecy. Maybe, maybe our friend Drew should should come to that proper position. He's saying you should should have Gary Demar on uh, to talk about post mill position. We, uh, you know, Drew. We'll just read the Bible and come to a proper pre mill position.
7: go on that other show.
3: Yeah. we will have have Justin Peters
7: on every time.
3: Yeah. See, this is the thing. Drew has to go to guys like. Gary DeMar and others, because the Bible doesn't teach post-mill. See, that's that's the thing. (laughs) All right. Well, we're glad that you guys enjoyed the show. Tune in next week. We'll be back here for more, hopefully, more questions that we have from you all. You guys make the show. What makes it the best is when you guys come in, ask questions, even give challenges. That's what we like the most. So until next week, strive to make today an eternal day for the glory of God.